Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the uh, first off-season edition uh, of the Believe a Duke podcast for this 2023 uh, calendar year. I'm Steve Wiseman, the Duke beat writer from the Raleigh News and Observer, joined as always by Sheldon Williams. Sheldon, happy April to you. It's uh, We don't have games to talk about. Uh, Duke finished up, obviously, the NCAA tournament, but there's lots of things happening with the roster, so Sheldon and I thought we'd jump on and kind of update everybody um, You know, uh, here on the Believe a Duke podcast, sponsored by Bet Online. Uh, we appreciate their support. Sheldon, just first of all, just give me your uh, – how, how have you been the last month? Uh, how would you think about the way, I guess, the tournament wrapped up and uh, and, and what Duke's got going on right now? Yeah, uh, I've been good, man. It's, it's been a little bit different, I guess. I always get kind of down a little bit, I guess, when uh, the the March Madness is now officially over. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, there's always been some, you know, great basketball games and things like that. But – it, it was it was great. I mean, to watch uh, both the college men and women um, this year was a very a lot of very exciting games. So I was very happy watching that. I know the NBA playoffs getting ready to start up, yeah. but it doesn't have the same type of feel as the college basketball. Maybe once it gets you know later on in the finals, it gets kind of like that that same type of energy. But as of right now, my like, you go from a a basketball high watching all these uh, games, girls and boys, yeah. and then all of a sudden kind of a drop off. So it, it is what it is. I mean, uh, I'm always like this during this time, but hey, it's it's basketball still going. There's still basketball going. And uh, yeah. I do like how the college game is like there's games all day long, women's, men's, like you said, like in the middle of the week, you know, we start with conference tournaments. It's just a fest, a feast. Right. A right basketball right. fest. It's a big <laughs> right. feast. That's what I'm trying to say. And NBA started a little bit with the play in tournament. They're starting to they're trying to get that little feel of yeah. I mean, I will say this is probably the first year that the play-in tournament was actually all actually all the, the games were pretty much pretty competitive. Yeah. Um, I didn't get a chance to stay up for the late games. Uh, I guess I'm old now because I'm not able I, to stay up, you know, past you know a certain time to watch, you know, especially when the, the, the Lakers win overtime with uh with you no know, T Wolves and things like <laughs> uh those like uh, type games. But to see, you know, um, you know. Chicago come back and beat, you know, Toronto last night. Uh, I saw the highlights this morning of New Orleans, you know, losing that game against Oklahoma City. So, yeah. but it's been, it's been some really good games in the playing playing game so far. So I can't complain about that. I just know how sometimes the NBA is with the first series and how the basketball is not as exciting as March Madness. That's true. You're right. It's a, cause it's a long, it's a long slog all the way to get to, Right, right. June, right for the NBA Finals. So anyway, but I will say, let let, let me point out, but uh, uh, it, it, with playoffs going on in basketball, hockey playoffs start next week. I know college basketball is over, but as far as Bet Online, our sponsor, they are they remain the number one source for betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at Bet Online. You'll get the latest odds, bracket kind. Well, uh, bracket contests for college, but uh, team matchups, game trends at Bet Online. Uh, updated odds for everything from live games, uh, the playoff matchups right through to the, uh, you know, the finals and Stanley Cup finals and uh, NBA finals. Bet online is uh, your your sports betting headquarters uh, all year round. Head to the website today 
or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, to receive your bonus. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. So the Blue Devils, uh, getting back to our original topic of this podcast, um, have had a busy, it's been a busy couple of weeks here. Uh, We knew there were going to be guys declaring for the NBA, Derek Whitehead, Derek Lively. No surprises there at all. That was the plan from day one with them, even though they both had not the best freshman years. uh, They both have the ability. They're going to be first round picks. Everything points to that. Um, So Sheldon, I guess, first of all, what do you think about those two guys and, and with with your NBA knowledge? What do you think about their their future going forward here when they, when they, as they become professionals? Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. You know, uh, when I came out, times were a little bit different than what they what they are now. Um, you know, we knew from day one that you know a lot of these guys, their goal was to come in, play at Duke for a year, and leave. Uh, unfortunately for those two guys, they both experienced injuries early on. So we, as Duke fans, kind of got robbed of, you know, the whole season of watching these guys kind of, you know, just kind of grow. You know, and sometimes we kind of play catch up. And we saw that with both guys actually kind of playing catch up. And they didn't really start hitting their stride until late in the season. Both with, you know, like Derek with his shot started coming on, you know, towards mm-hmm. the middle of the back end of the season. And Lively actually being, you know, a guy that was kind of active and all over the court you know, towards the end of the season as well, too. Um it's just that, you know, we kind of feel some type of way because we didn't get the whole, I don't relate to food, but, you know, the whole course of everything. Yes. We got robbed of the appetizer, you know, that type <laughs> thing. So, Let's skip dessert. Uh, we skipped right, dessert. Right, right, right. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you're skipping dessert. And, you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, much luck to these guys. You know, I know these guys are uh, both good guys, got a good head on their shoulders. Uh, hopefully they can stay out of injury as they get ready for the next level. Because both these guys are young guys and they need to, you know, kind of learn the game all over again because they were just now getting the college game and now they're getting ready to change to another pace and another level with the NBA game. So, uh, but hopefully they have really good workouts and they stay in the first round. And uh, if they luckily um, maybe get to a veteran team so they don't have to feel pressure to kind of go and do something right away. And then you have a good vet kind of home and bring you along. And then all of a sudden, you start seeing the guys, you know, taking steps. You know, I know sometimes it's kind of hard as a young guy that you want to have a big splash right away. But the reality is you want to have longevity. And if you have a good vet, bring along the way. You know, as long as you stay in the league, you know, that's the that's the main thing. They both seem like guys that will probably be – we'll see more impact from them in the NBA like maybe three years from now than maybe, maybe this yeah, year, right? Yeah, yeah. They may have some G League time this year to get some work done there. Um, Derek with his offensive game. Derek's defensively, I think, is ready to to do some things at the next level, right? right he can right. he can make an impact there. Derek again developing his shot, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, he showed it some. But anyway, so best of luck to them, obviously, uh, as they go through the draft process. Uh, Jeremy Roach is also going through the draft process, but he's also, he has left the option open to returning to school. So um, Tyrese, let's I guess run it down real quick here. Tyrese Proctor is coming back. Mark Mitchell's coming back. Kyle Filipowski is coming back. That's three starters we know for sure are coming back for next year's team. Uh, Roach would be the fourth if he decides not to go into the draft. And he's not projected to be a first-round pick. Um, I haven't. There are some mocks. I haven't even seen him in the second round. But, I mean, that could, you know, you never know about that. But So he's got a, a different decision. 
you know, is he ready to be done with college basketball? Is he, uh, does he want to go be a pro? Maybe G league, maybe Europe, whatever. He, maybe he just doesn't want to go to school anymore. Maybe he's just done with that. Um, he, he's, uh, he's just exploring it. And, but we know how much he loves Duke and how much, you know, the last three years uh, he's put in a lot of good time for Duke and, and done some big things. So um, he's the only captain. Uh, boy, it would be incredible to have him on next year's team. Wouldn't it? I think uh, so. We'll see about Jeremy. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to think. I, I, I don't know if he'll. He didn't enter the transfer portal. That's when a lot of these guys, they do all three. They they declare, they retain eligibility, and they enter the transfer portal. He didn't pull that plug. Obviously, he still has time if he wants to, but doesn't seem like the kind of guy that wants to play somewhere else. He seemed like a Duke guy, so I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. Right? I guess it's going to be weird. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I would be very surprised if that's the case. Him putting his name in there at the transfer uh, portal. Um, I will say, you know, was it about maybe two, three weeks ago? You know, this whole thing started off with you know Proctor announcing that he's coming back, and then you know Mark Mitchell announcing that he's coming back. So I started looking at the uh, the roster, and you know, you got incoming freshmen like you know Caleb Foster, Jared McCain, mm -hmm. uh, T.J. Power, Sean Stewart are coming in. Then you have sophomores as in uh, you know Proctor. Uh, shoot, flip, who's coming back as well as you mentioned, uh, Mark and uh, Reeves, then yeah. uh, you know, one junior, which is Blake's, mm -hmm. and then, um, yeah, one senior. You know, I'm not sure if you call him a senior or grad senior or, or what we call Ryan Young, but you know, yeah. he's <laughs> you know, in his sixth year actually because it's COVID, so <laughs> yeah, so yeah. uh, super duper then, senior, <laughs> right? Super senior, and then you know, you have two spots left open, uh, but it's not really too because you don't know what Jeremy's going to do and he's earned that right to make that decision and tell Duke, you know, how he wants to proceed. You know, for me, I'm looking at it. I'm like, well, he comes back. That'd be great to kind of groom, you know, Caleb, who I had a chance to actually see uh, in California, which was like uh, a, just a workout. Mm -hmm. And I just randomly was in the gym uh, talking to one of my guys that I was actually, you know, you know, kind of cool with and he comes in the gym he's working out and i'm seeing him and i'm like this guy should have been in a mcdonald's game you know from what i just wow. saw i didn't get a chance to see him i heard and i read things about how he you know matched up against Bronny during the season and beat them they actually go to the state you know playoff games and the state tournament and winning the state but watching this guy you know his speed and the way he attacks this is going to be very interesting to watch because you have already a bigger guard in um, Proctor mm -hmm. who emerged from last year. And then you got this new guy. And then if you do have Roach, you know, kind of grooming, maybe, uh, you know, uh, Caleb, it's going to be kind of, you know, crowding that, you know, backcourt position. But with three ball handlers, you know, that's not really necessarily a bad thing. Uh, but then again, you know, it's better to have a situation where, you have a lot of talent then <laughs> try to find somebody who can actually do the job, you know, yes. later on. So yes. we're going to see how that works and how John kind of uh, finesse that team and make sure that everybody's happy. Cause you know, with the young guys, you have that situation where, Oh, I want to have more playing time or I want right. to have this. They're not really believing in the actual system of what coach John Shire is trying to portray on that team and instill in that team. So hopefully that's the case where, but then again, you know, Duke always kind of, you know, for the most part has guys that are good character guys and good head on their shoulders. Right. 
uh, Jared McCain would be a fourth guy in that backcourt. If, and then you talk about Jaden Shute, who's down there, and Blake's are both deeper reserves. But I know Shute obviously would like to play more as a sophomore than he did as a freshman. If he can earn that. But you're right, it's, it's getting pretty crowded there. But you want to you have the depth. That's true. And I, yeah, I, you know, I um, haven't had a chance to talk with John uh, directly about this. Just you know, uh, interacting uh, with releases and everything. But um, I can't believe he would. Like, look Jeremy in the eye and say, look, you probably better go. I don't want you back. Because I'm sure he'd like to have that veteran guy back there, right? I mean, I I, I firmly believe that. But, I mean, he also, you know, you recruit guys and you make promises like, okay, Caleb Foster and Jared McCain, you're coming in. Um, this is your time. Proctor was supposed to be part of this class, right, before he reclassified last year. So that's not going to be as much of a problem because he, he knew he was going to play with these guys. I mean, that was the plan you know, previously. So I think that's okay. Roach is the one that's a little bit, a little bit hinky, but uh, again, I think they'll find a way. <laughs> uh, it would be a great thing. Flip coming back. I mean, uh, uh, and then with the freshman coming in, uh, Stewart um, uh, and TJ power, the two forwards in the four person class. Cause uh Mbaco obviously has decided not to come to Duke. Um, he's going to uh, uh, try uh, to play elsewhere. Uh, he reopened his commitment this week, the same day that flip announced he was coming back. So, Obviously, uh, uh, you know, there's a there's a, a minutes crunch there in the in the paint. Uh, Mbako, uh, I, you probably saw him play a lot. You probably in the he's he's a pretty good player. Um, he would have helped yeah. out Duke quite a bit. I mean, there's no way right. I can't deny that. But um, I think if you take the trade of Flip and Mitchell and you lose Mbako, I think that's one Duke will be okay with. Yeah, I mean, uh, especially you know, getting uh, two guys that's already proven in your system and having them come back, you know, it's always going to be a great film. Uh, it's, it does suck to not have one of the guys that you recruited that, you know, and actually come in because yeah. you did envision them being with some of these guys that's already on the team. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, I still think if we can get maybe one or two players, depending on what uh, Roach does uh, in the transfer portal, mm -hmm. you know, we can get like a, a, you know, a big that actually can hold down. So, you know, we don't have to worry about flip getting beat up all the time and playing both, you know, the four and the five. I think that'd be awesome. I think it'd be awesome if we had a, a three and D guy, you know, somebody who can spot up and, you know, shoot threes and uh, wind up, uh, you know, defending the other perimeter guards. I think that'd be a great you know, addition to us. So hopefully there's something that's there in the transfer portal for us. But again, you know, John has been doing a good job, a great job so far, you know, how he's put his stamp on Duke basketball. And I expect him to, to do the same thing as he did in the transfer portal last year where he got guys like, you know, Young and Grandison from last year. So right. we'll see um, what happens, but I'm excited to see, you know, how this team kind of folds out and great news that Flip came back. So I was like, oh, we might yeah. have a chance to do something special. Exactly right. Um, and also as we're, as we're recording this uh, on Thursday, um, uh, Flip ha has had surgery on his hips, a corrective procedure. Um, that sounds ominous, but I'm told uh, that it's, more of a kind of a corrective procedure uh, to give um, fans uh, some solace here. Uh, um, Trey Jones had the same procedure after his freshman year, before his sophomore year. He was the ACC player of the year as a sophomore. So this is something that, you know, you have in the off season. If the, if the process goes correctly, uh, which everything points to flip that it did, uh, he'll be fine. He'll be actually better. Uh, it, take away some, uh, some nagging stuff that was going on there with his hips. Uh, so um, he had that also Joey Baker 
had the same procedure a year ago in the, in spring. And then of course he transferred to Michigan and played a whole season for the Wolverines. So again, the, the, the prognosis is pretty good for this procedure. It's kind of a corrective deal. Also, Christian Reeves had an ankle surgery that Duke announced. Um, so uh, as Duke looks for um, a big man, they need somebody, they need a rim protector. It's kind of what their angle is here in the transfer portal. Uh, Cause they don't want flip playing a five. He's a four. And he's not really a rim protector that lively was. You need somebody else in that role. Young is part of that equation. Um, maybe uh, Keaton Shedrick from uh, from Virginia might be another one if they if he decides to come to Duke or if they decide to take him uh, to his transfer. Christian Reeves, I think, can be part of that. He's got a lot of work to do uh, now. The ankle surgery hopefully won't slow him down too much in the off season. But he's at seven one. Some of the team things I saw him in practice a little bit, and when he got in some games. He can he can rim protect. He has to learn how to not foul, which is easier said than done, right? <laughs> no, it definitely is, especially with a, a young big guy. You know, if, if you don't have time to actually learn how to play at this level, which he didn't have a lot of time to do that because he was playing behind guys like Lively and Young, so he didn't get a lot of chance to kind of you know make his mistakes and learn from his mistakes right away. Versus like you know you make a mistake and you kind of get pulled out. It's kind of hard or watching somebody else because you know, for me, it, it it was better for me to kind of learn on a job than learn watching through film or watching through you know watching somebody else on the bench. So hopefully, this is something that he's able to actually kind of figure out quicker than you know last year, just because you know we we going to need him to play significant minutes, whether it be spot minutes or I uh, you know dedicated you know certain amount of minutes you know every game. But, you know, 7-1, you can't teach that. 7-1 in athletic, you can't teach that. So either you are or you're not. So I'm hoping that's the case for him. Um, it's going to be a big year for him, uh, for him to step up. So hopefully uh, he gets his angle, you know, feeling right and, you know, kind of go from there. But uh, I think that if we are able to – I'm not I'm not too sold on the the guy from Virginia. Um, that's just me personally. Uh, but, you know, it's, it, a big is a big, you know um, – if he can be athletic and uh, actually, you know, be able to help help us out, I would rather have somebody that's actually both a rim protector and somebody who actually can score from time to time. But then again, you know, I'm getting to a point where I'm getting a little bit picky. So maybe, you know, it, it might not be a guy like that out there as much outside as, you know, the, the kid from uh, Michigan maybe. But uh, Yeah, I'm Hunter sure. Dickinson, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm not sure how much of a rim protector he really is. So it's all to play like once against uh, Virginia. No, sorry. Vanderbilt when they was in NIT postseason NIT, yeah. but I don't think he's actually a rim protector like that. I think he's able to get a bucket, but I don't know. I, mean, I haven't really looked at the you know the transfer portals, so that's more John and the staff job. You know, <laughs> I'm just here to watch. <laughs> it's a full time job now, man. That transfer right. portal, it's crazy. Yeah, Hunter Dickinson, I believe, is worth looking for like more minutes, maybe more like you know he wants to play 35 minutes a game and really be a, a focal point of an offense, and that's not going to be. Um, What's available here, right? With with flipping. Yeah, I mean, no. I guess somebody didn't tell them that basketball now is not the same as the nineties. So <laughs> right, right. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he's forgetting that. I don't know. <laughs> somebody needs to advise him on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff like that. So, yeah. So that's what Duke's looking for. We'll see. Uh, you know what they put together here, but I know they're. Uh, they they could even. I was told they could even. Bring in another freshman. Find another freshman that's out there, uh, another recruit maybe, to use that last scholarship on it. That they haven't closed the door on that. Um, so because I thought they had the class done, and then 
Mbako stepped out uh, of that. So, but they, they they have flexibility. And John, even last summer and sometime this year, has said he kind of wants the roster to get a little older going forward. And this is the chance to start flipping that, no pun intended, to start changing that script um, to uh, uh, to to get it older. To you know, bring in fewer high impact freshmen. You, I mean, you want some. You have to. I mean, you have to. Like Caleb Foster and Jared McCain are going to play. Um, Sean Stewart's you know, going to have a role. TJ Powers, not quite as much of a um, as high rated recruit as the other three. Yeah, I think he's 30th, which isn't awful, but the other are all, you know, higher than that. So we'll see what his role will be. But uh, I, I think, you know, Mitchell's kind of more the TJ Power type. He might play behind Mitchell and he can have a year to kind of get used to things. But uh, um, none of these guys look like one and done freshmen. Uh, Mbako was. And is uh, I think he's number seven in the class, and we saw him do some. I mean, he's got he shoots three pointers. He's kind of more like more like Paulo really than than like Flip or or Lively were coming in this year. So um, he, again, he would have been a great talent to have, and it didn't work out. Um, so, but hopefully these these freshmen of these freshmen that are coming in, maybe three of them are going. We know we're going to stay next year, and you're going to start building again an older roster because as we saw in the NCAA tournament. Older teams were in the final four, right? That's that's who got the job done. Yeah, I mean, you saw uh, Florida Atlantic, you know, those guys where it was a whole bunch of just transfers that came in, but they were all older guys. But that's what it is now. Like, you know, the game is so different because talented young guys don't have the same effect as, you know, well, you know, overall guys that are already a veteran and I already know how to play and just know whether it be, you know, them coming from the, the Big Ten or the Big East or whatever, you know, transferred over to a different uh, conference. They still bring that type of, you know, veteran leadership from what they saw from over there and then kind of go from there. But, uh, yeah, that's what kind of made the, the tournament fun, too, because you, you had a lot of teams that weren't the the top rated teams, but they was, you know, playing really well. So as a fan, you know, I was I was enjoying that. It was a fun tournament to watch. It really was. I mean, uh, all the upsets. And I know that, you know, we're not going to get into TV ratings too much. I think they were down uh, compared to last season. But, of course, last season, I mean, Duke and Carolina played. It was 19 million. You're not going to match that. That's impossible. Uh, There's no way for UConn and them to match that. (laughs) And it was Coach K's last year, too. Yeah. 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 That was was a special (laughs) thing. And, of course, the Final Four last year was all, you know, Kansas, Villanova, Duke, Carolina, four Blue blood yes, programs, right? Yes, yes. And um, I guess sh- shall we shall we mention that? Are we going to welcome UConn into the blue blood family now? I guess they won five championships now. So, I mean, I, I, you kind of have to now, right? I mean, yeah. uh, Even though that I was like, uh, they won, but do I consider them uh, the best team? Or uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I know. Uh, you know, but you know, coach used to say all the time. You know, a lot of times it's about playing well at the right time and being a little bit lucky. And I think that's something that had a happened with them where a lot of teams that you thought was going to be there, you know, they wind up, you know, losing and they just kept plugging along, plugging along. But like I said, it was a, in my eyes, it was still a good tournament. I mean, uh, to, to watch some of these teams play and even how, you know, the first year coach in te- at Texas, you know, kind of taking yeah. over and doing what they did. And they finally gave him, uh, you know, took off the interim job, off his yeah. title, and gave him the job. So I thought that was pretty cool uh, to finally watch that. But just the storylines that we saw following throughout the whole tournament was 
it's pretty amazing to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Coach Terry at Texas certainly earned that job. Taking over an adverse situation yeah. and yeah. lead them to a great season. So good for him. Uh, that's a good thing about the sport. All right. So um, that's it for this edition of the Believe in Duke podcast sponsored by betonline.ag. Um, we will, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have one periodically during the off season. We'll, we'll jump in kind of when, uh, when news warrants, when there's big things happening and we thought, you know, right now it's kind of a good time. The roster's not totally set, but right, right. we kind of know what the starting group's going to be. We know that right. you kind of look at the player rotation. There might be one more big addition or two in the transfer portal, but mm-hmm. nobody who's going to knock like flip or Mitchell or Proctor out of a starting job, right? So yeah, I think they solidify and then yeah. uh, figure out what Jeremy's going to do. Um, yeah, but that's the only other two many big news we will see is transfer portal additions uh, and Jeremy Roach. We'll see what Jeremy does. Of course, he has till May thirty first uh, to withdraw from the draft, retain his eligibility. That's the deadline. Of course, the combine is in Chicago, May sixteenth through eighteenth. That'll be a big week for him uh, uh, as far as what he does in front of the scouts there. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we'll see about that. So everybody, thanks for joining us on this edition. Uh, Sheldon, good catching up with you. And now it's April. Uh, we'll see, uh, we'll see what the future, what the next few months bring. Right. Uh, and, uh, once the, once the roster gets totally completed, we'll, we'll hop back on and, and, uh, and especially with when Roach makes his call in May, we'll, right. uh, right. we'll certainly have another edition to keep everybody updated on what's going on in the off season. So Sheldon, have a good, have a good spring. Take care. Thanks for uh, you too. You yeah, too. man. Thanks everybody for joining us. That's it for this edition of the podcast. Take care. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.